Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3, and I'm joined, as I always am, by three of the people who know a lot about Auburn recruiting and have a lot of insight on Auburn recruiting. Mr. Keith Neber, Mr. J. Head, Mr. Cole Pinkston. How about you, fellas? How about you? How about it? How about you, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, let's see, folks. Uh, we're in the midst. We're actually we're all we have turned the corner on the dead period. Less than a week away before uh, business can resume. Uh, if you are have been living under a rock, you do not know this, but Auburn begins its spring practice. Its first spring practice under Hugh Freeze on Monday, February the twenty seventh. That is still the dead period. They will practice Monday, Wednesday, and Friday next week. Uh, Wednesday will be the first practice that'll be open for recruits to visit. Talked to several recruits back during the junior day. Almost all of them said they plan to return for a practice in the spring. That will be the first. Wednesday will be the first opportunity for them to do so. Uh, real quick on the rundown for spring practice, Auburn will practice those three week, uh, throw those three days next week. They will take a, the next week off for spring back and then return spring break and then return to finish out the 12 remaining practices, which will culminate with an April 8th A day game. Um, all right, folks, as far as recruits, now we've, we've seen some guys set up visits. Keith had a story on the North Carolina offensive tackle, Egan Boyer. Uh, I believe that's his name, Egan Boyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was yeah. at the junior day. He's coming back for an official visit, Keith. Um, and then, Cole, you've also talked to some guys here in the last week that uh-huh. are planning yeah. to come in. Kind of give us a, a little recap of some of the things that you've learned over the past week, Cole. Um, yeah, I went to see – I apologize, my kid's sitting right here if y'all hear him, so uh, forgive me there. But uh, I went to see Demarcus Riddick at Chilton County High School, uh, you know, Georgia commit, four-star edge. I think he's the number two player in the state for on three. Jack. Yeah, well, right. There you go, there you go Jack. Thinking, I was thinking Jack, 100%. And I asked him, I said, where is Auburn recruiting you? He said, inside linebacker. Oh. Primarily. So – then I was able to piece together, okay, so probably your number one jack has got to be Joseph Phillips, and then probably your number one inside backer is Demarcus Riddick. I don't think you could get three linebackers, and if those two guys wanted in, I think they'd take them. I don't oh, think they yeah. would say, no, we don't have room. They would take those guys and then work it out. Okay, they're at the top. So Demarcus Riddick, he is going to visit again. Uh, he didn't give me a date. He doesn't have a date yet, but – he also wants to official visit. He told me that. Uh, no dates on either, but he is going to return. Said that junior day really blew him away, man. And I think, I think he, you know, his experience might be different than some other people's experience because it was the first time the coaching staff had gotten him in. Again, he is that top target. And they really spent some time with him. He, he was impressed with how Josh Aldridge knew so much about Ron Roberts' defense and then realized – oh, wait a minute, he ran that defense, and he was the coordinator at Liberty last year. So he showed him exactly where he fits, and he showed him Liberty film. He showed him all that, and uh, man, he was just impressed. He just thought it was really cool, and I came away thinking that Auburn's got a shot. Uh, I, I don't know how good of a shot, but I feel like they've they've definitely got one. They're definitely in the picture. So Demarcus Riddick, the four-star Linebacker, Jack Edge, guy could play you know anywhere like that. He's really athletic. Four star committed to Georgia. Since his commitment to Georgia, he's visited Auburn for the junior day. He's coming back um, for another visit in the spring. Is that right, Cole? What you just said? Yeah, he's going to be back in March. He thinks. 
and then return again for an official visit. So at least three visits since uh, uh, his commitment to Georgia. Right. In-state kid at a high position, a high priority for Auburn in this 2024 class. Uh, also, Jeffrey, too, um, you know, he mentioned Alabama was, was coming after him pretty hard, and, and the guy that he said was his main guy was Austin Armstrong, who's now headed to Florida as the defensive coordinator. So, you know, that doesn't hurt Auburn at all. Uh, it probably doesn't hurt it probably doesn't hurt Alabama in the long run either. Yeah. They're they're going to be a factor no matter what. But uh, it was interesting because he did sure. miss a lot. Yeah, Keith, I thought you had made a really good point on the corner the other day. Somebody asked about Sterling Dixon, the four-star linebacker uh, from Mobile Christian, committed to Alabama. Um, had a lot of interest in Auburn early, and then somebody said, "Hey, with Armstrong going to Florida, you know, does that really help Auburn?" And, and Keith was like, "Hey, let's bump the brakes on that." You know, well, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Well, it could. It's not going to hurt, let's put it that way. Maybe not hurting helps, if you look at it that way. But what's the one constant since Nick Saban got to Alabama? The guys that coaches have come and gone, and by the way, a lot oh, yeah. of these guys have done nothing at their other their next stops, right? Well, not nothing, but they didn't have the same success. They didn't get the same guys. The one constant is the head coach up there. So if they want a guy, they're probably going to be, an, especially an in-state guy, they're probably going to be a factor. Now, that doesn't mean you can't beat them. You know, Gus Malzahn was beating him out for the uh, carry-on Johnsons, Trey Williams, Marlon Davidsons, and um, Austin Troxels of the world. Sure. Stephen Roberts, I guess. Uh, there was some, you know, Steve Roberts was a very good safety uh, for Auburn. I think when he decommitted and flipped, I think people said that he was going to get dropped. I, I, I don't know, but that ended up being a really good pick, late pickup uh, for Auburn to get him from Alabama, but it, it used to happen with at least some regularity, you know, a decade ago. And, um, you know, then it stopped happening, but at some point it's going to happen again. Right. And so might as well be the president if you're, if you're an Auburn fan. Right. So, uh, you know, we'll see, we know he likes, we know he likes Auburn. Uh, you know, also Jeffrey, you mentioned something, you know, for, for, uh, uh, DeMarcus Riddick, you know, not only do you have the official visits, but what we learned last year is, um, Auburn's going to recruit all the way to the to the buzzer, right? So that means multiple visits during the summer, back for games, visits in December. So, I mean, you know, a guy like that, if you really, really want and you're in the game, it's reasonable to think he could end up visiting seven to ten more times over the next calendar year, you know. And as we've learned that last year, visiting – although it is a pretty good indicator typically with recruits on how many times a kid visits – it's obviously not the end-all, be-all when it comes to where he's going. Getting yeah. kids on campus last year was not a problem. That, that was one of the most surprising things was all the top recruits that they got to visit last year and wasn't wasn't able to close on uh, on several of them, on most I, of them. I, I learned that lesson with two guys, I'd say. Rashawn, I can't say that laughing. Rashawn Evans, who was over there more than you and I were, Jeffrey, and uh, and then the other one was probably Justin Ross, right? Oh yeah. Just over, I mean, all just lived over there. Would just show up. We'd be covering events on the weekend, and and he would just show up and and hang out, just to hang out. So uh, you're right. It doesn't always mean something, but uh, but it never hurts. It's not going to hurt you. Let's put it that way. You're, you're typically not going to flip guys who don't visit. Let's put it that way. You're That's typically right. not going to get guys. At least Auburn's not going to get guys. We've seen Alabama. We've seen Georgia. We've seen some of these bigger schools. Well, well, that's and you know what I thought. We're going to get to this. Hugh Freeze talked with me and Keith earlier this week, but Hugh Freeze said this uh, 
recruiting will become a lot easier once we get established, once we do what we want to do as a programmer. We will be able to recruit on levels others are in this uh, others in this conference are being able to do um i thought hey jay had made a great point of going back to mobile christian with sterling dixon jay head who, who used to recruit that area for auburn who is now at alabama kevin Steele. kevin Steele. see i i thought when when nick hired him uh excuse me coach saban when i thought when uh when he was hired <laughs> No, no, no. I, I say that in jest, but no. I thought I thought when when Nick Saban hired Kevin Still that it was sort of hey, he loves Kevin. We know that. We know that. Right. And Kevin right. likes him. Always has. So a you know, perfect relationship there. Already knows what what Nick Saban does. Um, but I thought that was also a counter. Uh, maybe I'm reaching here, but I thought it was a counter counterpunch to what Hugh Freeze and Auburn have done. Like, okay, this guy's leaving. Let's bring in a guy that knows Alabama, you know, yeah. and, and can shore things. I mean, one thing we I, again, I you know, I just think it was a, as much strategical as anything else. And, and maybe I'm wrong there, but it, it felt like it, you know. No, I, I think you're spot on, Keith. Relationships matter in recruiting. We know that. Look, NIL is a huge facet of this. Showing the ability to get someone to the NFL is a huge piece of this, but having relationships and being able to be first matters. Kevin Steele has relationships throughout the state of Alabama. Hugh Freeze has built a staff that has relationships throughout the Southeast, okay? Guys who have big-time relationships in Mississippi, the state of Georgia, Alabama with Zach Etheridge, and multiple at the state of Florida with Marcus Davis. So, yes, I, I do think you're right. I, I think when you trade out Pete Golding, who had more relationships in other parts of the country, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, where he's coached, you bring in Kevin Steele to counteract some of what your in-state competition is doing from a relationship standpoint. And obviously I, there's familiarity there with his defense, but I do I do agree with you that I think that there was some thought process there. I, you know, there's a multitude of guys I could hire, but let me bring in somebody who knows the area in recruiting and also is familiar with my system. I'll tell you, if I can make one more point, I'll tell you something you talk about relationship building, something that nobody's really talking about, but actually is consequential to the Auburn program, is this coaches clinic that they're going to have in mm-hmm. March. All yeah. the schools have them. All, all the big schools have them. And you bring in NFL guys to talk. And, but that's another chance for Hugh Freeze and his staff to invite the high school coaches from Alabama, Georgia, the Panhandle of Florida, wherever. They can come from wherever. Uh and, and they're going to get to spend time with these guys. They're going to get to see what their program is all about and, and get to meet uh, a lot of these coaches. And uh, those things are significant. I mean, everybody's doing them, but how do you do them? How do you schmooze with these guys? How do you make them feel welcome? And I, and I still contend that the fact and, – and Gus was very good at this. People like to, like to kind of poo-poo on Gus. But, you know, the fact that, that uh, he was a high school coach helps him really relate to these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look up to him because he kind of took that path that in the back of their heads, even when they say they're happy and a lot of them really are, they know that it would have been cool to take that path, right? And uh, and so we'll see yeah. how that It'll be interesting to see what the reaction, and that'll be in March, what the reaction of the coaches that visit and did they have a good time? Did they feel welcome? What do they think of Hugh? I mean, the ones we've talked to so far seem to love the guy, and, and all they're all speaking very highly of the staff, but it's another chance to kind of mingle with those guys. Yeah. No, and I, I once heard a high school coach say, and I kid you not, when they were talking about Gus and some of his staff, is 
to us, you're not a real football coach unless you've bro- unless you've ridden on a, on a yellow school bus, okay? Mm-hmm. Unless you've been on Friday nights and you've had to go to that terrain and all these different parts of the state, you're really not a real coach to us. And we can see that with Gus. There's a react, there's a, a realness there and an understanding and an empathy of what it is that they deal with on a day to day basis. So, and once again, Keith, I think you're tapping into it correctly. Keith, uh, can you think of anybody else that you're expecting in this spring as far as recruits? Yeah, here's a, a big one, I think, was uh, – let me look this up. I got it right here. The number one recruit in the state of Mississippi is going to visit, and I think that's significant because it's uh, Camarion Franklin. He's a four-star defensive lineman from Lake Cormorant. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm probably butchering it. But four-star, but actually in the top 25 nationally. They just haven't given out the fifth stars yet to a lot of guys. Right. Uh, but you're talking about a guy, I think he's like 6'4", 260, um, 6'5", and 260, excuse me. Uh, good athlete, uh, two-sport athlete, but, again, defensive line, right? And I know uh, I know Cole talked to a defensive lineman in Arkansas that's going to be coming, but we knew you know, Mississippi is never a down. If there's even in a down year in Mississippi, there's always going to be a bunch of good recruits, but you know, usually you're, you're you know you're bad on Ole Miss and, and State for those for those players. And Alabama comes in sometimes, sometimes LSU. Um, we at various times we've seen Auburn make a move over there. The year that they had Marcus Woodson and as a secondary coach, they were able to get Derek Hall and Charles Moore and Jared Handy, hmm. and they also have added since then Jarquez Hunter. But historically, it's tough. But now you've got a staff that's got all these connections over there. Jake Thornton coached at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze is. You know, grew up in the in that whole region. Uh, Jeremy Garrett, the defensive line coach. Ben Ben A. I can never pronounce his last name. The tight ends coach. He was at Old. Agamaya. Yes, thanks, Jeff. And then uh, and Ron Roberts has coached in Louisiana and that whole area. So they understand the lay of the land in Mississippi, so it makes sense that they hit that state hard. And I believe in the 2024 class, they've already got over 10 to 12, around 10 to 12 offers out just in the 2024 class. So can they make a dent over there? We will see. Mississippi State's got a new coach. Um, you know, Kiffin's going to do what Kiffin does. But um, is this a chance for Auburn to swipe away two or three really good prospects out of Mississippi every year? I think it might be. Now, we'll see. Uh, but already, uh, you know, we're seeing reasons to believe that it's possible based on just all the amount of kids from that state that, are, that have visited already and are going to visit. Hey, Cole, who else did you, you talk to this past week? You went and visited a couple more guys. I think Jay had mentioned uh, Jordan Ross. Yeah, I, I didn't visit him, but I did talk to him. Talk to him. Okay. Uh, for for whatever reason, I, I had a little bit more trouble getting in Vestavia over there. So, <laughs> But I did talk to Jordan, man, and he is, um, you know, I, I think that I think that Auburn likes him a lot. I think they're starting to like him more and more uh, than maybe they did at first. Um He's a guy that hasn't been on campus since the fall. He was at two games. He was at the Missouri game, and he couldn't remember the other one. But I think he's kind of moving up the board for Auburn, and I think his interest in Auburn is is pretty high. But I don't think – I think there's others that have higher interest in Auburn right now. I think it's, you know, sort of even with everyone. And he's not in a hurry. He's not in a hurry at all to to make a decision. He's probably – my gut says he's – Signing day guy. He's going to take it all the way. And Tennessee, Georgia, I think those were the other two he said were Mm -hmm. sort of heavy on him. Uh, So I I think a lot of schools are. I I really think he's kind of focused on what he's doing and not so much on the recruiting yet. 
to be honest. And, hey, and Keith, it's go ahead. Way sometimes with guys. I was going to ask, man, you guys talked to several recruits these past couple of weeks. Cole, if you need to tend to – Coleman, you go ahead, right ahead. Keith, you go just, first. He's just talking. Are, are there any guys that you, either one of you two have spoken to where you went, damn, man, Auburn might have a real shot here? Yeah. And you know who I'm alluding to, Keith? I thought you talked to a wide receiver from Texas, if I'm not mistaken. I did, and that is – well, there's a couple guys. Now, Texas is after him, but that's um, Parker Livingstone. Yeah, there you go. Receiver, yeah. Big, tall receiver out of uh, out of Texas. And, and you know, uh, he's already he, – I think he told me that he met Walker White. Yeah, he met Walker White, Auburn's quarterback, at the, at the Bama-Arkansas game last year. I think that was at Arkansas. And, he's, he, and he, then he said – you know, he's, I, I don't really know him, but he's a great QB. And the night the night Auburn offered him, he, he told me, he said, right, here's his quote, uh, I watched his film a week ago and he can sling it. He just happened to be watching Walker White's film a week before Auburn offered. So it makes you think uh, he's going to visit Auburn. But, you know, again, you know, you're going into Texas, you're going to have to deal. You know, I, I know the Longhorns have offered. Now, we don't know where these guys sit this early in the year on Texas A&M's board, Texas's board. TCU's got some real – Juice out there now. Texas Tech gets its share, guys. Baylor. Uh, there's some bu- Hey, listen, guys. There's some buzz about Rhett Lashley's SMU program right now because they might be going to the Pac-12. So it's never going to be easy. But that's the guy. And Egan Boyer, the offensive tackle out of North Carolina, was an interesting one. He's like six seven, six eight. He, I believe, you talked to him, Jeff. He came to Auburn on June, uh, January 28th for Junior Day. He's coming back in March, April for a practice. Then he's coming back. In June, I think June 16th through the 18th for an official visit. That was one that was kind of like I was just hitting him up out of the blue. He said, "Oh, by the way, I got an official visit scheduled to Auburn." Well, that's pretty early to you know. Some kids already have scheduled him up, but it makes you think. And by the way, that's the only OV, the only official visit he has scheduled so far. So yeah, that one was. I don't want to say surprising. Again, you don't know where he sits on the board. I don't know. You know, there's other things. There's always other things in play, right? I mean. You know, guys, we John Wayne Oliver, the offensive tackle that we all like from Tennessee that visited for junior day. I talked to him the other day, and he said, you know, I, I said, are you going to come back to Auburn this spring? Because he, he mentioned that he would. He said, you know, I haven't really talked to them much since junior day. So, you know, you got to read between the lines sometimes. So maybe now we're starting to see maybe the board shift. So he's a guy we thought was seemed like they offered him. They liked him a lot. Uh, and now he hasn't heard from them much. Egan Boyer from North Carolina has visited once, like John Wayne Oliver, and now he's coming back a second time and then a third time for an official visit. So you start reading the tea leaves. So those would be the two to me, Jeffrey. Parker Livingstone, the receiver, that was interesting. And then um, and I know Cole's got some better ones, and, 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 and then Egan Boyer. But Cole's got some better ones mainly because, guys, Walker White actually, you know, we say it all the time, oh, my God, these guys are going to recruit and, and then nothing really happens. I get a couple guys, you know. This guy's actually, it seems like he's making an impact. I mean, we'll see in the long run, but it certainly feels like it so far. And a lot of it hinges, and Cole's going to speak to this. Remember when we talked about why Jeff? Jeffrey and I were very early on thinking that Auburn could get Walker White. We're mm-hmm. not right a lot. We were right, <laughs> right there. And we thought because of the religious element, the faith element, him and Freeze were connecting. They were on the same page. Right now, obviously, you had Philip Montgomery involved in all these other elements, but that was significant. So, Cole, I'll hand it off to you. What are you hearing about Walker White and the, the faith angle with recruits? He's, he's uh, I mean, 
I think it was Charlie Collins who said, man, he is the, like, he's on me every single day. By the way, Charlie Collins, uh, Charleston Collins is his name. He goes by Charlie, four-star defensive lineman from Arkansas, was was actually at Walker White's commitment ceremony. He was there and, and was I mean, there, was invited. Kind of <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Uh, he was there, you know, he knew he was going to pick Auburn. He said, he said that he sort of threw him off, said Clemson was going to be the choice, whatever. But he said he knew it was going to be Auburn because Walker White said, hey, we're going to play together in college, just so you know. And uh, I'll let you know who I'm picking, you know, come to the ceremony, come hang out with, with me and the family, you know, because they, they, they're both from Little Rock, they're friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, when I was looking at, if he wants us to play together, I was looking at his choices. He has Baylor, Clemson, and Auburn. And I said, and he's, he was like, well, Clemson's not really talking to me. Baylor's not really talking to me, but Auburn is. So he's like, he's probably picking Auburn. And then from there, he said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know more about Auburn. He scheduled two visits like that. He's gonna be there in March. He's gonna be there in April. And he wants to take an official visit during yeah. the summer. But by the so, way, if you're, if you're an Arkansas fan. <laughs> There's not a lot of D1 players in Arkansas, and you just the, the quarterback, the stud quarterback's going to Auburn. Now you got Auburn, yeah, trying trying to get one of the other studs in the state. That's got to be an uneasy feeling. That's what I was thinking the whole time talking to Collins, and and really Arkansas. If you look at their classes, they do fill up from that state, uh, and there there's some decent players there. It's not as vast as Alabama, you know, uh, Georgia, obviously Florida, but they do pretty well in their home state. So I'm interested to see what getting Walker White out of there. And there's another guy there, too, that I'm supposed to catch up with here soon. Um, I can't think of his name. Receiver from Arkansas. Receiver slash safety. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Paul. yeah. He, he plays a multitude of spots. He's a, he's a big-time athlete. I'll look him up in just a second. But but to your first question there, Jeffrey, um, you know, which guys do you think Auburn really might have a shot with after talking to him? Collins, for sure. Okay. I say Demarcus Riddick. I really believe they have a shot with him. Cole, what uh, about your boy Casey Poe? That was my next one, Casey Poe. And, and you talked to him first, and you got most of that information from him. I just kind of wanted to check back in with him. I felt like he was a guy that's really interesting because he is friends with Walker White as well. And that's a kid in East Texas, right? So East Texas is kind of like its own state. You, know, you, get, you get east of Dallas. I think he's at what, the Tyler area, I want to say. And so it's kind of like, those kids will go to LSU, they'll go to Texas A&M. They're not really beholden to one, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, that, that, again, he's an offensive tackle, correct, Cole? You know, I think he's an interior guy. Oh, you think he's an interior guy? Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Well, you start looking at their offensive line recruiting, and, and Jake Thornton, the offensive line coach, has them pretty much lined up visiting from Dallas to, to the Carolinas. And, yeah. and that's going to be his area. Uh, I think eventually, guys, like if Auburn takes this climb like, you know, the program should, then I think you'll see Jake expand his reach a little bit. You know, you can get some linemen up north, uh, some from the Midwest, maybe a guy in California. But I think he's found that that comfort zone, that Dallas, East Texas, North Texas, East Texas to the Carolinas. That's where you're going to find a lot of your guys. You're not going to really find too many down in Florida. Um, And so – yeah, I mean, I feel like – I think if I'm an Auburn fan, you've already got your quarterback locked up. I think what's got me most optimistic if I'm an Auburn fan is 
what I'm seeing with the offensive line recruiting. No doubt. I think yeah, it's, it's going to be, else, it's gonna be it. pretty good, I think. I yeah. feel I feel more confident about it every day, every time I talk to yeah. one of these I mean, guys. they got to get these guys, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, but it, it feels like early on, guys are saying things that make you think, boy, they, they might already be in the top two or three. And mm-hmm. it's, it's February. So um, with one visit, some of these guys have been one. Some of these guys haven't been at all. They've connected with a lot of them. Um, you know what I mean? They've, for whatever reason and however, they've, they've been able to connect with some of these guys. And, yeah, obviously they see opportunity. There's a new energy with the program. Jake Thornton's a young guy that came from Ole Miss. And all these offensive linemen, they all kind of see themselves as run blockers, even if they're not, right, Cole? They all, mm-hmm. you know, they all kind of, And they saw what Ole Miss did last year as a running team. And so there's some real street cred out there with, with Jake Thornton. Um, but it's, uh, it's encouraging, to say the least. Um, I, I wanted to add, too, you know, we talked about how important it was to have a guy like Walker White, uh, not just you know that he's a four-star guy, but he's a quarterback, and getting him to start off your class is huge. Having a quarterback in general is huge. But you, you have to understand this, too. I mean, these guys, if they're on that side of the country, they probably have been to a camp together in Texas or in Arkansas. You know, they've been, they, they know each other, okay? And they, when they see a quarterback, he's the popular guy. I'll be at a camp this weekend, and it's the quarterbacks that stand out. They know everybody, okay? They're like they're like the greeting committee at, at these camps, okay? Well, Casey Poe, that's a great example of somebody that Landing Walker White got them in connection with. And I think they were trying to talk to him before, but but it really opened his eyes to Auburn when he saw that a guy that he knows real well and a really good quarterback goes to Auburn. So that's a big deal that that uh, Walker doesn't even have to do anything. He's it's just his name that helps with that. Yeah, quarterbacks have that uh, luxury. Well, that now if you're Auburn, you're you're hoping, and I don't think they necessarily care about rankings that that much. Although Hugh Freeze did bring up rankings in our podcast the other day, they they, they notice it. They don't necessarily care what we think on an individual evaluation level. They do their own evaluations. But I think if you're over at Auburn, you're probably hoping that Walker White goes out and tears it up at some camp this spring sure. to get that boost in the rankings because other kids notice that. You know what I mean? They do. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But speaking of that, <clears throat> Keith, we had Hugh Freeze on Mondays Inside the 20. We had uh, the Director of Player Development, PDD. Yeah, director player person. DPT, director player person. That's what I said. Y'all didn't hear me. Right? <laughs> A.K. Magula, man, he joined us on Wednesday. Keith and I have talked about our highlights. Jay Head, as an outsider, as a not really an outsider, but you know, sure, you're watching it sure. from a fan perspective, right? What did you take away from? We'll start with you, okay, Coach, Coach Freeze. So let's start with Coach Freeze, and I think. Probably the two things that I picked out most were, A, how honest he was in the interview with regard to the 2023 recruiting class. Love that. And how they were, you know, he didn't blow smoke and say, oh, we did fantastic. He said, look, I think we did pretty good for the time that we had. You know, we saw that Fairly well, I think, was what he said. Yeah, fairly fairly well. Something like that, yeah. And then he transferred. He was like, we did okay. And we all know that there are coaches that will grandstand and talk about the wonderful job that they've done. He didn't do that. He came in very honestly, very open about the recruiting process, how they kind of went about it in that two weeks, how chaotic it is, 
the lack of a break the staff has had because of the transition they're trying to make, not just coming together and recruiting, but now moving into spring practice. So those were all really great things. And then I think the honesty about the transfer portal and potentially the targets that they may have remaining on their board. And these are positions we've talked about in this class. I mean, this, this wasn't a secret to us. When you look at the roster piece of it, or the roster management piece, linebacker is definitely a position where you have a need. Hmm. Interior offensive line is a position where you obviously have a need. Wide receiver is a place from a number standpoint where you have a need. I think I'm only counting nine receivers on the roster right now. A guy like Hugh Freeze is accustomed to carrying anywhere from 10 to 12. So you can tell from a number standpoint things aren't where he wants them to be, and, and probably from a quality of play standpoint it isn't exactly where he wants it to be, though he's willing to let things play out, specifically at the quarterback position, and see, okay, when I get these guys in practice, how do they respond to hard coaching? What is their real skill set where they – was some of that mitigated last year because of scheme? You yeah. know what I mean? Was it other players around them? Why was the performance the way that it was? So he's willing to give it a look, but I felt like the honesty of saying, hey, there's still some situations that we want to address, you know, from a, from a number standpoint, from a raising the floor standpoint, these are the places we're looking at right now, and maybe that changes after spring practice. So those were the, really the two things in the vein of this show that I took away from it with regard to recruiting. One thing for, for me um, stood out because we got to know the last staff fairly well, uh, but I, I, I personally love how he mentioned Christian Robinson by name. Yes. I love how A.K. Magula mentioned Stephen Ruzik by name. Uh, not afraid to give credit to guys who stuck around a signing day and then were let go. Uh, to me, I thought that that, that stood out to me. Props stood to him. Out to me as, it stood out to me as well. And look, you're talking about two guys that landed at spots where this coaching staff has connections. Okay, Ron Roberts just came from Baylor. He landed with Dave Aranda and Baylor. Now, I have no idea if that played a part in it or not, but it probably doesn't hurt. Where did Steven Ruzik land? At Indiana, where the head coach, Hugh Freeze, has a relationship with the head coach at Indiana, Tom Allen, who was his linebacker's coach at Ole Miss. I'm sure that didn't hurt as well. So you like to see people rewarded for putting in hard work and staying to and trying to help Auburn through that really tough yep. transition period. Um, and, you know, I think the world of both those guys, I mean, I, I think Christian Robinson is a fantastic person. Everything I heard about Stephen Ruzik is he did a great job as the director of player personnel while he was at Auburn and even took over as the general manager um, and had a bigger role there for a significant portion of time when Cadillac was the head coach. Mm. So – Really, it, like you said, you love to see somebody be, you know, not just give credit to his current staff, but to people that are no longer with the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, uh, the A.K. Magula interview I thought was fantastic. Keith, some background on him, um, how he got into it, where he came from, come over from Indiana, uh, from India, couldn't speak English, didn't know what football was. And 20 years later, you know, he's working in the NFL. He's had GM jobs at Central Michigan, at Liberty. Now he's the director of player personnel at Auburn. Um, I've heard a lot of good things since that interview of, you know, this guy is a uh, potentially a GM. I mean, that, and not, maybe not even, even in cause. Cole, did you take anything away? You saw what the first half, I know you've been working your ass off. Yeah. I watched, I was on the road yesterday too. Uh, I kind of caught a little bit of the show when it came out, uh, only half of it. Cause I arrived where I was going, but, um, 
Yeah, you know, he's he's pretty straightforward. I like the way he he talked to y'all. I like the way that he broke things down and mm. and acknowledges he acknowledges that there are just there are holes. There, look, I you can acknowledge things like that. Even we can, and you're not taking a shot at the other staff. It's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, maybe it comes across as that way, but I mean, it, it's the reality of the situation. There's holes in the roster, and he. I, I thought it was interesting when he talked about. I think Keith asked him, you know, what were, what were some of the biggest challenges, obstacles? And, you know, he said, well, getting everybody to work together for one and, and two, um, getting 33 guys. Yeah. <laughs> you had to. You didn't have a choice. Talking yeah. about going through spring with about 50 players on scholarship, yeah. that would be a disaster. You right? don't get five and seven by accident, right? You know, no, it, takes no. work, hey, it takes work to go 13 and one. It also takes some work to go five and seven, too. Uh, I thought, you know, what I loved about the Magula interview was this was not a guy who's – and by the way, I'm not going to rip guys. You can't help it if your dad was a coach at uh, University of Arkansas, and, and that's what got your career started. I mean, that's not your fault. But this isn't a guy that really had too many ends in the business. He was a fan. It, just, it shows you you can be anything you want if you put the work in, right? You can literally do – now, none of us are going to be – the starting point guard of the Chicago Bulls. But beyond something related to athletic attributes, um, if you have the mental you know, acuity or acumen or whatever, you can pretty much do anything. And so he didn't have, he didn't have a, a, a father. If I say a name, it's, John Robinson wasn't his father, or John Wooden or whatever. He got into it because he loved it. He studied it. He had notes. He was prepared. And then he got that one interview. Somebody finally gave him an interview, and I think it was down at my old alma mater, the University of Florida, and they liked what they heard. This guy's a go-getter. And um, and that's what he's been every step of the way. You know, when he got hired, uh, our buddy, old buddy Patrick Suttis, I uh, was just chatting with him, who used to have the, the GM job, or the, I don't know, he was Gus's right-hand man at, at, at Auburn. Uh, he said, hey, you're going to like this guy. He's a good guy. He works hard. He had nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, so the guy is considered a rising star. And so even though he's coming from Liberty, which, you know, obviously Liberty's done good things, great things, but so had Boise. And even though he's coming from that situation, he's got experience in a lot of, uh, you know, power five type situations. So uh, I don't think he was overwhelmed by the situation. Obviously, they got a huge staff. They had Stephen Ruzik help with the transition. You know, Freeze knows what he's doing, but – the fact that Hugh Freeze is so comfortable with this guy, he's a young guy. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he's a young guy. He, he talked like he was 40, and I'm going, dude, you can't be more than 28. Yeah. I like <laughs> him. He's, you know, I live in a building uh, down in Florida with a lot of college kids, uh, and believe me, it has its benefits on pool days. But I will say this. It's invigorating. You know, Jeffrey, when you and I are over walking around Auburn, it's invigorating being around younger people, right? It is. You, you, maybe you feel a little old, but it, it's an, and I like that Hugh Freeze is not afraid to surround himself with young people too, giving them opportunities, right? Give and, and not and only giving them, not only giving them opportunities to give them experience, but what was the big takeaway? What, what did AK Magua said? He said he listens. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Let, we don't just talk and then okay, well I'm going to do my own thing. He listens to their ideas because and that that the open mindedness of a boss. We've all worked for bosses that weren't open-minded, right, guys? Sure. They knew everything. And sometimes yeah. they – but we, we're lucky to have a boss that's at, 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 on three that listens to new ideas. And, and that, to me, sounds like Hugh Freeze. 
based on what A.K. Magula is telling us. Hugh Freeze knows a lot. He knows a lot. But he can also learn more, and he can learn it not just from older, experienced guys like Ron Roberts and Philip Montgomery, but younger people like A.K. Magula, Kennedy Harvey, and, and uh, Sam Beckenstein, and, and, you know, a lot of the other people. So I think that's encouraging if you're an Auburn fan that this is a guy, he's creating, he, he's allowing dialogue. Let's figure out what to do here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I think that's important for a C. He's effectively a CEO of a, of a, a well-known company. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I want to add something. This was what we – we were all at the junior day. Uh, Jeffrey, Keith, all three of us were there. You know, you remember, do you all remember when Kennedy walked down and, and she's like, man, Coach Freeze did so good today because he's kind of like after the junior day was over, he just kind of sat back in his chair. He's like, whoo, you know, like let me take a breath here. I, I thought that was funny just because – he, he he gives a lot. He gives a lot of his personality. He gives a lot of, of effort into it. And uh, I think, you know, between Kennedy, AK, all these guys that work with him, they, they appreciate it. They really do. And, and it reflects. And, you know, that's why they have effort that they do. And it, it starts from top down, right? So Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I thought that was just – it kind of made us laugh, but I was thinking, you know, I mean, they respect him. They really got some respect for him. And that's that's what you have to have to make any staff work. And I tell you what, it, I really like the transparency that AK had in his interview with regard to kind of the triangle in recruiting right now. You have the evaluation piece, which is where AK puts the large majority of his focus, along with guys like Sam Beckenstein. You know, the roster management, the looking at prospects, the moving around of chess pieces when it comes to the recruiting game. And then you had the communication piece where he talked about Ethan Johnson, the director of recruiting communications and how that works. And then the on-campus aspect of it with Kennedy Harvey and kind of the triangle um, with which that works. So I thought that was really cool to kind of hear how that operation all comes into play and how they interwork with each other and the trust that they have. Let's get to uh, some how about you. Does anybody have any this week? Oh, let's see. I have every three. time I tweet, uh, every time I post something on the board, God Camet likes it. Oh yeah, he does. He does. He's all over it. He, that he, gets he you. How about you? you? I hear How you. About you. Yeah, I have three, Jeffrey. Okay. Uh, Gummer come home is one. Coochie rabbit. Oh, coochie! I love me some yeah. coochie. <laughs> and Roswell High. Roswell High. Oh, and and let me for the uh, he he knows why it, it, he gave me a little assist. That would be Auburn fifty seven ten. Oh, back to back. Yeah, man. He he's yeah. Okay, he's not trusted. a not AU. Not to be confused with AU fifty. No, no. AU ten fifty seven is someone else. He is Auburn fifty seven ten. Okay, uh, Keith. You got I mean, God damn it. We, we just did mine, but Gomer's great. Gomer's, uh, and he just laced into me one day, but otherwise he's been, he's been great. I like him even more. We were going back and forth during the basketball game last night. I love the dialogue. Between Gomer and Kimasabi, somebody's going to let you know how it is. <laughs> um, J-Head. None this week, brother. Okay. All right. I've got a couple. I've got a few, I should say. I've got uh, at Ziffnub. 316, Ziffnab 316, at AU Spider, at Quattro 
Cuatro. Uh, at Meredith Tiger, how about you, big dog or big pup? I don't know. Meredith, I don't know if that's where you're from or if that's your name, but how about you to Meredith Tiger? How about you to Ronnie Van Zant? Oh, that's, yeah. Hey, and how about you to Mr. Keith Niebuhr for hey. lear- for learning how to unlock his orientation on his phone? Yes! Filling in his window here, folks. First, I- first podcast, Keith Niebuhr has filled in his screen. <laughs> well, I had some help. I had that uh, liberal tech lover, Jeffrey Lee, showing me how to get <laughs> through this. Jeff's been moonlighting on his weekends, been flying out to Silicon Valley in California to work with uh, tech. Yeah, and, uh, going to my second home in San Fran. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, folks. We will, uh, we'll be back next week with a lot because Auburn will begin at spring practice under Hugh Freeze. Like I said earlier in the show, Auburn first practice will be Monday. They'll practice again Wednesday and Friday. Recruits will, can start visiting on Wednesday. A lot going on in Auburn. We will be all over it. If you haven't liked or subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so, man. That helps us more than you know, more than I know, because I don't know how it helps us, but it does, man. Like and subscribe. It's free. We'll have content up every day, all day uh, on our YouTube channel. Also, Auburn Live on 3, if you're not a member of that site, we do all of this every day, all day on there. Uh, $29.99 right now will get you through uh, through August until September. Thanks again for everybody watching, for listening. We appreciate you, man, for Keith, for J-Head, for Pete, for Zach in the back. I'm Jeffrey Lee, man. Y'all stay out of that left lane. See ya.